I'm back. So, this episode, um, we need to address this. And I'm going to add it into the rebuilding series. I thought I was finished, but I just felt like more was to come. And um, definitely this episode is needed. And in this episode, you will have space to cry, but also space to rejoice. And... Um, I couldn't even think of the title for this because normally I would do my title before or have some sort of idea um, kind of close to the end but I couldn't even think of the title and, and this is the reason. This is something that God has um, revealed to me in the rebuilding stage of my life and what it is is basically I need to accept the loss to enjoy the rebuilding process of my life for when things are built and completed for God to then to allow me to flourish in it to share with others to teach others how to do the same I need to be able to enjoy it in the fullness of what he has desired and essentially, when you don't accept the loss, you leave small gaps in your life for the enemy to come in and rekindle lies that were meant to be dealt with. What do I mean? So, I basically um, decided to go to counselling again, but this time for a different reason um i am going through people will call it a deconstruction of faith but i actually don't see it like that i see it as a reconstruction of faith because at the end of the process i'm still going to be a christian and actually it's making me love god even more but um just to clarify so you kind of understand what i mean but in this process i am seeing God for who he truly is and before even though I would say I love the Lord and even though I try to be faithful in trying to be humble and kind and caring um, I still saw God based off of my um, just experiences in life my childhood um, and different experiences that I've had um, that I'm not ready to share yet I saw God as a punisher um, and now that I'm going through this stage um, of life, I want to be able to, in the healthiest way, allow God to dismantle the lies that I've been told, but not walk away from faith because I'm going to be completely honest and transparent and try in humility. I am not exceptional to say that in this um, transitioning of my life that I won't have thoughts of walking away from God. I have seen people who used to be in my youth group, who used to be my youth leaders, now deny God. 
And when I say that was one of the most painful things I have heard, like when I meet up someone and, you know, people say, you know, a quick catch up, hey, how's this person, How how's that person? And then someone says, oh, by the way, do you know this person's not a Christian anymore? Or do you know this person is some other type of belief? And honestly, It is it's such a painful thing to hear because the truth of the matter is nobody, I know sometimes that people don't care or people secretly rejoice over people's failures and we've all done it, I've done it many times like everyone else but in those moments it actually saddened me because these were people I aspired to be like you know in my private time in praying before God I would say God the per the heart that this person has I desire to have that very same heart I want to be like you um and I want to I want to learn to do it how this person is doing it so when I heard more than once about where people are in their faith it really hurt me um because also as well it kind of felt like a part of me was shattered because it felt like if they can't do it i certainly can't do it um so i just want to put that disclaimer out there because i i'm trying my best to not be um to be unapologetic for going to counselling and receiving therapy and all different types of things that I will do. Like um, I'm on a self-love course and it's coming to an end soon. I'm trying to be unapologetic so that you can understand that there is no shame in allowing God not just to, re to, to heal areas in your life but to restore and renew. And can I honestly tell you this as someone who has been um, a leader in church um you don't want to be like that person who is in their 50s and wake up one day and realize what the heck is all of this about and no shame to anyone in that stage of life but i personally believe that god has laid it on my heart to speak to the younger generation so that the change can start now um, everyone has their ministry area and this is mine and I want to say from one young woman to another young woman one one young adult to another young adult male female I want to say to teenagers to early 20s to mid 20s specifically I want to say to you my brothers and sisters don't be ashamed to be in counselling more than once now of course um allow god to develop integrity within you um, and don't go around telling everybody because not everyone's ready for your change as well as some people have um terrible motives towards you family and friends and people who are in church as well not everybody but the word of god makes it very clear there are different groups of people in our stages of life and you will find these groups of people in all different stages people who uplift you and people who bring you down um but obviously my end of just sharing it is um 
this is the season that God has just called me to be transparent. And as I said, I'm doing this live with you. So this is not like, you know, 10 years ago. This is live. Um, so, yeah. Um, so for me, I didn't want to go through this process and end up having some weird, obscured view towards God. Um, you know, and see God in a way that is not true to who he is. So that's why I've started counselling again, because I want to be able to see God um, in a healthy way. And again, um, as I mentioned earlier, don't wait until you get to a mid-stage of life. I'm saying that to say I have been blessed and privileged to have great conversations to be guided by some elders and people um, coming to the, you know, end of life. And I can tell you, it happens. Nobody escapes this life without asking one question before they die. It does happen. People wake up in their 40s and they wake up in their 50s. And this great life that they had or a life that is not so great they end up questioning everything and they just end up, <laughs> they end up towards the end of life in a place they never thought and it's not good. Um, and I don't want that for you. I don't believe God wants that for me, um, but I don't want that for you also. And I definitely don't believe God wants that for you. Um, so please don't wait until you get married to then go to counselling. Please don't wait until you get into a relationship to go to counselling. Please don't wait to start learning about your mental health. You know, when you're coming towards the end of your life, do it now. Because the truth of the matter is this, you are breaking cycles, you are breaking curses over the next generation. And one of the prayers that God has put within my heart um, when I was, I remember a child and a teenager, but it was when I was a teenager, I was praying very heavy, um, for these areas of my life. And I didn't want certain cycles that had developed within me from generations to pass on to my children. I wanted to be the last member for certain cycles, um, to even exist. And I can definitely say, I know that is the truth of God in my life. Um, can I say this to you? I think one of the things that helped was being able to um, lead and be around young people and children. And what I saw, even though I wasn't their, their, their mother or their auntie or anyone blood related to them, what I saw was people who are starting out life in the early stage of life and I saw how precious and how vulnerable they are and I couldn't imagine myself as a mum accepting and looking at certain areas of my life and saying I'll deal with that later on because I saw, as I were around these young people and children, 
I just saw hope and joy and I saw talents and I saw skills, I saw things within them that just needed to be watered by the love of God. And um, this episode is not turning out the way I thought, but I'll keep going. Um, certain dreams and hopes that I had, God is rekindling now in my mid-twenties. But I was great at certain stuff as a child and my dreams were squashed. You know, my dreams were stifled because of cycles. And don't do the same for your life, even if you don't want to get married, even if you don't want to be in a relationship, even if you don't want to have a business, just do it for yourself. And that's what God is doing for me now. I'm doing it for myself now. Um, so saying that all to say, um, God has just been guiding me to accept the loss in my life so that I can watch and rebuild um, rebuild the goodness of my character of every part of me um, physically, spiritually, mentally you know I didn't want to accept the loss and I didn't realise that I didn't want to because I, I kept on saying well I know God's going to rebuild and I truthfully believe it but also as well it was it was me holding on to pain um, and thinking that I would allow it to motivate me in the rebuilding stage but God doesn't work like that like personally in my belief my understanding my opinion God does not work with fear to fuel us that's a concept I've heard people use now let your fear motivate you no God doesn't do that it's his love that motivates us um, because he sent his son who he loved into the world that he loved it wasn't out of fear that we were we were going to perish but it was out of love he sent his son not to condemn the world but to save the world and um yeah like i don't even know where i'm going with this episode i'm not gonna lie like i i kind of had a semi I can't even say semi-idea, but I'm just going to allow God to just take the reins on it. So, hey, if you wonder why the title is different to what is being expressed, bear with me. Um, but, yeah, like, I think one of the things that I was shocked by um, when I was talking to the, my counsellor, my new counsellor, um, and she was saying about accepting the loss. I think I was shocked that I had to accept it. Because I thought I did. As well as um, what she said was so powerful. She said that um, accepting the loss is not condoning what happened. It's not saying what happened was right. You just accept the fact that it did happen. And... Um, <clears throat> And when that was said, I didn't realise at the time, but I think it's after I was processing the session. And it really hit me because, okay, I need to stop saying it hit me. Um, a revelation, a revelation dawned within me. Um, 
and I realize she's right. I think I had put together the thought of if I accept the loss, it means I'm condoning it and I'm never going to come out of this place and rebuilding is not going to truly happen as God has said. Somehow, and again, this is a lie of the enemy. Somehow, those thoughts were put together. And when she said it, it was so simple and so clear. But that was the moment for me to understand it. And essentially, if you are sick, this is what we do in the physical realm. If you are sick or have a broken bone, before you can get medication, you have to accept that there's a sickness. It doesn't mean that you are happy for it. And it doesn't mean that you want it to be prolonged. It doesn't mean that you will go around and say, hey, everyone, I'm so proud that I'm sick. I'm so proud that I have a broken bone. It just means in order for you to get help and to heal and to not whether lose a limb or to miss out on events because of the sickness, it means that you have to accept it for it to be assessed for you to then go and get the medication and then start taking the medication and start the healing and recovery process. And now when you look at it like that, yeah, that's that's definitely simple. Like who wouldn't do it that way? It would be irrational to to you know walk around in a broken bone, but that's what we do emotionally. That's what we do spiritually. It's very irrational for someone to walk around in a broken bone. We would even look at that person and say, Huh? What? Come on, you need to go to the doctors. This is not good. We would even probably turn around and, and condemn that person and say, You are being so foolish. Do you know how that will affect you? You won't be able to go to work. You won't be able to meet your friends. You won't be able to study well because you'll be in so much pain. You're being selfish. Go and get that bone healed. Go and get that bone looked after. Go and get the medication that is needed. Some would even say to that person, why do you think it's okay to walk on a broken bone? You don't have anything to prove. I'll go and take you to the doctors. It'll be okay. It's all right. I'll come with you. And these are the things that we say physically. And without the part of condemnation, because I know that that is something that we shouldn't be doing. But just to set the scene and the context of what some people would actually say by being so baffled is where the condemnation would come from. But essentially, emotionally through the love of Christ and through what God has taught us and how we deal with our emotions and thoughts, we have to question in a loving and a kind way why we are allowing ourselves to be in emotional pain. Why aren't we letting go of the loss? You know, the thing is this, can I say this to you? Holding on to the loss does not make you any richer than you are. <laughs> my friend it does not make you any richer 
holding onto an empty bag does not make it full. What it does, it takes up space within your hands to hold a bag that is full of fruits and vegetables, full of flowers and roses. But when you hold that empty bag, you are carrying something that is taking up space in your hands that shouldn't be there. And that's what I was doing. I think I was holding that bag of loss within my life and saying, oh, it's okay, God's gonna rebuild. And God's saying, I promise you, I haven't broken my promise and I'm gonna go even further, Ronnie, and I'm gonna rebuild what you never thought could happen and I'm going to even build things that you never even had in the first place. But my darling, give me that bag because there's no use carrying it anymore. And I've given that bag to God today. And I had a moment of just weeping, not crying, but weeping before the Lord. Because that control of the pain and the trauma that I've been through, I was allowing it, not all the way, because there is things that God is working on and things that I have admitted and spent time in his presence and let go. But there were certain areas, and this is one of them, that was still there and... I was holding on to it, somehow thinking that it would benefit me, but maybe if I hide it, I would be protected. This is the truth. When I was speaking with the counsellor of what I've lost, and obviously um, you only get a certain time in the session, so we're going to speak more in the future sessions. But when I was speaking with her, and then afterwards I was reflecting, and I started to verbally call out all that I lost. I think that's when the tears were coming down even more because I thought, God, how am I so young and I've lost so much? Like, how is this, like, I didn't even know this is how much I lost. And it was hurtful because that loss was coming out of my system but can I tell you this oh I had a good cry I had a good good cry and that's what's gonna happen when you accept the loss in your life you need whether it's to either physically cry or um however you deal with it emotionally as long as it's healthy you deal with it in your way that needs to come out of you. It doesn't need to come to the surface. It needs to come out of the surface of who you are. And this is the truth. There are moments where you're going to be angry, especially if your loss is connected to trauma and pain that involves people, organizations in some way, shape or form. Because some of the things were inflicted upon you. I don't want you to dwell on the people 
the lies of the enemy that inflicted the pain dwell on the love of God and that is why the loss is coming out of you because of the love of God that is coming into you and I think that is why Nara was ready to accept it because what I was doing was slightly still focusing on the circumstances not too much the people because God has been calling me and saying Ronnie you need to forgive and trust me that is a process and I'm still working through some stuff but I'm trying my best by the grace of God to forgive um but for me I was holding on to more of the things itself um because even when I was telling the lady um the the things that you know I was blessed with um or got an opportunity to do whatever it was um, at the time and seeing how essentially I felt like it was excuse me stolen away from me um whether by the actions of people or by circumstances that the enemy just inflicted things in my life um it was just making me weep but what I know is this as I'm allowing God to show me how to grieve and this may not be a one day thing it may be for a few more months I just need to grieve of what I've lost um but as I'm allowing God to teach me how to grieve and if you heard me carefully you heard right allowing God because God is gentle and God is kind and he will not force you to come to an acknowledgement in your life he will guide you there and this is a process that God has guided me and that's why I can finally say today you know what okay I need to grieve the loss and just let it go however long that takes Lord if that takes the rest of the year that is fine I need to grieve this loss because another thing as well I want to just add and I want you to understand is especially this age gap of 16 to 25 unless you've had a death or um, a type of traumatic event that um, any any type of traumatic event that that would be deemed as very traumatic by external parties is only then it appears to be that young people and young adults can grieve no as i am learning and thank god for the great people of wisdom in my life um as i am learning grief happens to any person and it happens at any age of life and it is important for you to allow God to teach you how to grieve at 21, to teach you how to grieve at 17, to teach you how to grieve at 24, because I tell you the truth. You know, that season of my life is just coming back to me when I was just hungry and thirsty to speak to elders. I tell you the truth. If you do not do it now, you will get to your 40s and you will get to your 50s and you will wake up 
in the middle of the morning or the middle of the night and you will start grieving and you will not even understand why. Because you cannot run away from the things of God. And if you say you love the Lord and you continue to have a relationship with him, it will come out at some point and don't get me wrong. Again, the podcast is focused mainly for 16 to 25. So I want to speak to all of you who are in that age bracket listening. I'm not condemning people at that stage of life. And saying it's too late, it's not too late because God has a purpose and a plan for them at that stage. But I believe that God is calling up young people, young adults to be bold in their relationship with him. To be bold in their faith for Christ. And as I said, we all go through things at different stages. There are great counsellors and teachers and preachers and healers for that stage of life. And there are people for our stage of life. And for us, I want us to understand that tomorrow isn't promised. Like, this is the truth. I know of people who have died in their early 20s. I know people who have died... As teenagers, I know of people who died young and had children. Tomorrow isn't promised. Please do not say when I get to this stage and I start slowing down. No. If God is calling you now to surrender your heart to him, please be obedient and do so. This is not for you to walk in fear. And be looking over your shoulder and saying, well, any moment Jesus can come. No, the word of God says that he's coming back one day to finish all things. He's coming back to restore, sorry, to build a, um, a new heaven and earth. He's coming back to conquer all things, yes. But the word of God also makes it very clear. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. And the thing is this, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, babes. You just don't. If you have a loving relationship with God, that you walk with him day by day, not in fear of punishment, not in fear of will he love me, but just a loving relationship, falling short of his glory, allowing him to renew and refresh you and rebuild you, you will be ready. Either to see the glory of the Lord come to pass on this earth or to go home and meet him. This is the thing. God wants to do a new work in your life. He wants to do a new thing. But you, not the enemy and not people, you can be the person that blocks that new thing God wants to do. Because you haven't let go of the loss. Again, may I remind you that God will never force you. So if you stand in the way of the building and say, God, let me 
take the, 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 the toxic and the poisonous lies and character traits and relationships of my past and I want you to put that into the cement and the concrete of my future. Nothing has changed. Nothing has actually changed. You serve, you love, you walk with a loving God who says, I don't just want to do a new thing, I want to do a permanent thing. What is done in heaven is done on earth. The goodness of your life will not just be with you in this rebuilding process. It will follow you to the day you meet the Lord. It will be placed as stars in your crown as you are clothed in the fullness of who you are. The fullness of who God is. And you rest and remain in his loving arms, in that place, that home, our true home, we call heaven. So the thing is, it is more beneficial to you to accept the loss, not condone it. Because God is still a God of justice, but there's a reason why I didn't want to speak about justice. Because I can honestly say that we can focus too much on God. Yeah, get them, get them, get them for what they did. Or give me this back, give me this back. That's not what the love of God is about. Leave that into his hands. What is important is your heart. And for your heart to be healed, to start to heal. For your life to be rebuilt, to start to be rebuilt. You have to accept the loss and let it go. You know, um, for me, the loss is not just education, change of physical circumstance. Because as I mentioned in, I was going to say a few episodes ago, no, I've been actually recording for some time now, um, way back <laughs> in the podcast journey. Um, I live on my own and that was very hard during the pandemic, extremely hard, hard moments, but God, by his grace, guided me, loved me through the process and to the point now where obviously, especially if you live in England, um, we are on a plan to come out of all of the rules and regulations set in place. Um, now you can be going out regularly and stuff like that. Um, and now I'm even going to meet a group of friends on the weekend, which is going to be awesome. Um, now that I'm at that place, now you imagine me going from a place of living on my own in another city and then going out with a group of friends this weekend. That transition doesn't happen in my own strength. That happens by the grace of God. And um, when I was thinking about the loss, I was thinking about, you know, even relationships that have lost people in my life. And that's been 
my god. Oh, that's been the hardest part. The hardest part is not the education, it's not the money, it's not the living circumstances. It is the people. Because, okay, not yet, but as time goes on, I think I'll reveal a little bit more about how I grew up, but I'm not ready for that yet. Um, I essentially come from nothing. So I know how to survive. I know how to make something from nothing. Um, I believe in the gifts that God has given me. So any creative stuff that I don't have, I can create it all back again and even better. But what I can't do is replace people. And that what, that's what um, has affected me the most, I think, in terms of accepting the loss. Because there's only one of every person, even if you're a twin or a triplet, your character is unique to who you are. So when there is a loss of that person, whether it was for a good reason, there was a separation or negative reason, a separation still happened nonetheless. And I think because of also coming from nothing, I really valued as best as I could as a young person valued relationships because I still obviously you still have a lot to learn about how to have true friendship and true intimacy respect and boundaries and all that type of stuff but um I started then to value relationships so every time I lost a person through separation it just felt like a blow to my stomach because, you know, even just culturally as well, growing up with that mindset of we need to appreciate people and respect people. One, that mindset comes from church. And I think that's a good part um, of looking out for each other in community and then being a Caribbean as well. Because the Caribbean, we have a small population versus where we originally came from, the continent of Africa, where there's many people um, in Africa but the Caribbean is quite small so that mentality as well of sticking together looking out for each other so growing up with those mentalities in my mind I started to value relationships and um, losing people felt like it felt like a dagger in my heart when you have nothing and you have a friend or a family member you feel like you have everything 
it makes the nothingness feel so full. Sorry about that. The window guy comes and closes the window a certain, well it's a window door thing. Close a certain time every night. So, I'm guessing this is the time. Um, you feel like you have everything. And I'm such, what, what do they call it? Is it a homebody or homemaker? Um, I'm a homey girl, essentially. The baking, the cooking, the whole nine yards. Um, wanting to host people and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's my vibes. And when you feel like even that has been stripped away from you, it really, really hit me so hard that I felt like I didn't want to accept it. There are some people, oh, it's even hard to say, I will never see again. Again, when you grow up with nothing and you, whether you struggle financially or whatever it be, when you come into a place of more finances, you don't necessarily see it the same way like others so for me it's great I have more money but it's not the same thing because I know how to value people in the midst of struggle when you have no choice and money can't replace people money can't replace connection Money can't replace experiences that only you and that person will only understand. I can't pay some robot or buy some type of technology to recreate that experience or keep an inside joke. It will never happen. And that's what I can't say was, that's what is hard. And today was the time for me to accept it. Now, I'm not going to release this recording on the day. So, it's not the day for you, but for me, it's the day. Because I just thought about that. I thought, hmm, if they listen to it on a Friday, that was not my day. Um, but yeah. This is the thing. Let me give you some truth. But still pointing it back to God. You will experience loss in this life. Certain things you can never get back. And when God says rebuild, he's not being hypocritical. But he is placing things and people and circumstances in your life that was even greater than you once had. And I personally believe what we don't get on earth, we will be blessed with in heaven. That's what I personally believe. I believe as well all the connections and relationships that we don't have on 
earth because of how good heaven will be and how loving and caring every person will be up there. We don't need to have that particular person or that particular experience because heaven um, exceeds that. The relationships exceeds that. And that's what I see and in my understanding of when God says rebuild. It will exceed. Not saying that that person or that circumstance in your life was less than. But God can give you that experience even greater. And you can remember if it was a good experience. You can hold on to that and enjoy the new experience. Yeah. We will experience loss because we live in a fallen world. And just like myself, you will experience pain. But know that God is true to his word. And know that he wants to comfort and restore and heal us. And I can honestly say this. When that time comes for me, for certain relationships to be established, new ones. Just like when Joseph said, his tears were washed away. This is me paraphrasing, okay? He never said it word for word like this. It was true, not that he didn't care about his family, but his tears were washed away. And he wasn't in heaven when he said that. This is Joseph, the one who was sold as a slave, because I just clocked. There's more than one Joseph. <laughs> so yeah, um, and that will be the same for me. That will be the same for me. I think, before I leave you with this, everything you've been through will not be wasted. Don't take it as another cliche and say, okay, cool. No, it is the truth of God. Don't let people's sarcasm, doubts, fears, worries, labeling, don't let it change the truth of God. The truth is, Everything you have been through will not be wasted. Do I believe God caused pain in lives? No, I don't. I believe that's the deceitfulness, the lies of the enemy, the fall of man. I don't believe God does any of that. But he is always the one cleaning up the mess of the enemy, the mess of ourselves, the mess of people. And saying, I don't want you to see as a burden to me. But I want you to see as I love you so much. So as I restore and clean the things and heal the things in your life, be joyous and be happy and enjoy the process. This is what I died for. This is what I shed my blood for. So go through your grieving process. Grieve. And then God will wipe your eyes and take your hand as he starts to rebuild your life. Bye. We should do this again. Well, you know where to find me.